Hello and welcome to Dear Percival, episode 8 of Dear Percival. Now, Dear Percival is a special podcast showcasing the character Danny Savarino. The Dear Percival refers to his diary entries, which we'll get to in due course. Now, Danny Savarino is one of the many fabulous characters created by author and poet Mr. DJ Swales in his fabulous new novel, People of Bloomsbury, which is available on Amazon right now, right now as an ebook, but will be soon available as a paperback as well. So get your order in and it'll be flopping on your doormat before you even know it. Let's make a start. This episode eight is called The Booth. Upon returning to London from Paris, I told Mr. Bootle that Balian had changed. I handed him back his amethyst palm stone, telling him not to worry, as Balian owned the world supply. But all those sausage rolls and sandwiches he gave, he said, feeling guilty as he placed the stone back in its original cabinet. He thought for a moment, then turned, asking, What about obsidian palm stones? Does Balian collect those too? I had a vintage piece right here. It once belonged to Madame Blavatsky and disappeared right after he came in to drop off a cheese and pickle sarni for me. No sign of it, I said, biting my tongue as I'd seen it hanging round Balian's neck. I didn't want to start a war, a conflict-driven tale of two cities between two venerable bookshops. It was then that I recommended the construction of a small, seated booth like the one I'd marvelled over in Paris. What should we call this booth? Mr Bootle asked, intrigued. Let's call it what it is, simply the booth, I said, explaining. It'll be so romantic. Regular customers and visitors from around the world will leave notes to friends, rock stars and C-list celebrities. Genius, replied Mr Bootle, though in the next breath he expressed alarm that his C-list celebrity client list, which is long and closely guarded, might be exposed. But they'll love the attention. They'll get addicted to it, he said, after he had mulled over his mental risk assessment, especially if people start leaving fan notes. The most famous and regular tarot customer, aside from A-lister Mick Jagger, who had recently started to favour the druid's eye over Covent Garden's Watkins bookshop, was C-lister Alice Crenshaw, the internationally famed actress. Alice had lately caused an uproar among detective show binge-watchers of a certain age after walking out on her role as Ruby Clue, a psychic investigator of pet disappearances. Like a scene from the show, her own Yorkshire Terrier, tiny little Prunella, disappeared in Bloomsbury Square. Prunella was last seen chasing a large seagull. Life imitated art when Alice Crenshaw approached Mr Bootle. You must urge patience, virtue, to come out of retirement in Malvern, she begged. I need her here in Bloomsbury. He said he'd see what he could do, but inwardly he believed patience, virtue, had found her one true calling as a book huntress. Maybe all the visitors who come here because of Alistair Crowley will leave notes in the booth, I said to Mr Bootle when we briefly brainstormed about the viability of the project. It was a make-or-break meeting. Mr Bootle looked at me like he was suffering from trapped gas, then announced, Proceed! Let's see what this booth business is all about. I just hope Jemima doesn't play up. The booth was quiet for the first few months, with a few lonely post-its left by Akiko from Akasaka. Ian from Iowa and Linda from Luton. Alice Crenshaw threatened to boycott the shop unless she received some fan mail, so I faked a few adoring post-its for her. Then suddenly, the traffic went through the roof. The booth became a veritable beehive of activity. Only one person at a time could sit at its tiny desk, so there was often a queue. People would come and go without pausing at the shop's bookshelves, often concealing their faces behind masks or the collars of their jackets. 
Then came the wearers of zipped-up parkas who peered anonymously from what looked like fur-lined periscopes. The walls of the booth became covered in so many notes that they looked like pangolin scales. Sometimes clumps of notes fell to the floor and were trodden through the shop. While cleaning them up, I noticed that 90% were written in an indecipherable angular script. This didn't happen in Paris, I said. I want the booth gone within a week, replied Mr. Bootle, after catching sight of the unusual writing. As I had constructed the booth with my own hands, I felt like Abraham ordered to kill Isaac. It was my baby. I meditated on the eve of its planned destruction, but my efforts weren't needed. The next day, the druid's eye was raided by the Metropolitan Police. They were investigating a cult, suspected of dark deeds in Epping Forest. The booth had become their main method of communication, with most cult members commuting to mundane office jobs in the West End. After their arrest, the booth gained a reprieve. Within a month of the raid, all new notes in the booth were to Britney Spears, Elton John, Tina Turner and poets like Emily Dickinson. Someone even constructed the face of Maya Angelou, who previously frequented the Druid's Eye during her London stopovers on the way to Mr. Bootle's dreaded Hay on Wye and its book festival. The face was marvellously fashioned from silver foil and tissue paper and fastened to the wall inside the cramped space. Declarations of love for Bloomsbury writers Virginia Woolf and Mary Shelley also proved popular. During a week-long celebration of life of the local resident writer Olauda Equano, the booth collapsed in on itself, burying a German nun who had been penning a note to Julie Andrews, hailing from a silent order she could not cry for help. Word somehow escaped, and cultish souvenir hunters soon descended like vultures to seize what they could of the booth's carcass. I couldn't move from the cash register, but was absolutely riveted by events. As the nun was uncovered limb by limb, she rolled back and forth in shock, while batting away anyone who tried to assist her. Mr. Bootle sustained a bump on his head, and the great Mrs. Garib had an amber necklace snapped from her neck, only for the sinister souvenir hunters to snatch up every bead, along with every scrap of the booth. For two days, the nun refused assistance, aside from sparkling Marvin spring water and saltine crackers, retreating further into a generously proportioned habit from where she spied on us all. We could only surmise that she was either a drama queen or was calling silently for divine intervention, perhaps by using her incredibly overactive eyebrows as we fed and watered her where she fell. In her final hours with us, she accepted toast, buttered on both sides, which was the way that she signalled she liked it. Thank you. That is the end of episode eight, the end of the booth. Quite literally the end of the booth. We shall return with Dear Percival in episode nine, very, very shortly. Now, Dear Percival is, of course, a very special podcast showcasing Danny Savarino, one of the fantastic characters from the new novel People of Bloomsbury by author and poet Mr. DJ Swales. Get it right now. It's on Amazon right now. Go and order it. Go on or there'll be trouble. We shall return with episode nine. Thank you for listening, dear listener. Goodbye.